Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft. I, of course, hopefully you know who I am if you listen to the show. I'm the Gnarly Gnome, uh, your guide through everything Cincinnati craft beer. Um, I, I should come up with another fun tagline besides that, something like the uh, the local, I don't know. I, I'll come up with something one of these days. Use <laughs> local, just that's good. The, the, the local beer guy, I guess. <laughs> Uh, it's another week. We uh, missed a couple shows there because my life is chaos. And um, I guess after doing a show out in Athens, um, <laughs> it uh, put a little bit of a hiatus on things. But uh, we're back, and this is an exciting one. We are recording on location in the middle of the tap room of Sonder Brewing Company, which. Uh, there's a lot of people talking about you guys. There's a lot of people kind of whispering and kind of poking each other. And, Are they for real out there? Well, you know, we'll, we'll get to all of that. We have to, um, and we'll introduce everybody here in just a second, but we have to, before we start, we have to thank our sponsors, Cincy Brew Bus and Hops in the Hangar, um, because, you know, without sponsors, the show does not exist because my wife won't let me do it. So um, <laughs> if you want to sponsor the show, send me an email, cincybrewcast.gmail.com. But... Like I said, we are at Sonder, and um, I've got a whole bunch of people here, so we're going to work our way around the table. Uh, we'll start with Luke, everybody. You were on the show, I think, three episodes ago, so yeah. <laughs> so everybody knows who you are, hopefully, if they listen to the show. Yes, well, hello, uh, everyone. Since we talked to you last, though, you have departed from Streetside, moved over here to Sonder, where you are head brewer. Is that the official title? title? Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, so welcome back to the show. Thank you for having us. Um, work our way around the table. You guys are going to have to share a mic, though. Uh, Jen? And okay. d- job title here? Job title is Director of Marketing. Okay, so you are... One of the founders. You are the responsible one for all of the beautiful um, design work and um, the little splashes of color I yes, see. Yes, and, uh, absolutely. I yep. wandered around the brewery a little bit before we went, uh, like not live, but assume before we started recording and saw some of the beautiful things that are in works here oh, keep rolling around jen uh doesn't like to talk all that much clearly she's <laughs> we, she's we, being pretty modest jen, she, we jen, actually didn't uh, give her a microphone <laughs> yeah, that's true. She, uh, jen developed our brand fully from the from the ground up and uh, we need to we'll, we will definitely talk about the brand too because i think that uh, the the whole idea of it is is very brilliant and uh, one of those things that i think there's gonna be a lot of people kind of sitting at the bar with this look on their face trying to <laughs> figure it all out and think about it and i love it <laughs> yeah thank you thank you so yeah that's uh so I just wanted to give you a little more credit than just Jen, director of marketing. <laughs> uh, my name's Justin, um, president, uh, one of the founders as well. Uh, my name's Chase. I'm director of brewing operations and one of the founders as well. My name is Daniel Schmer, and I'm the VP of sales and also front of house. And Daniel in my house, we call you cute beer guy. Oh, um, oh so I, I haven't heard that before. <laughs> nice. So can we get well, him a shirt that says that, please? <laughs> Jen, get on that. He he actually has a very important role in in my craft beer kind of journey from when he was at Jungle Gems. Very and cool. I would send my wife into the store, and she's like, "I don't know what what kind of beer to get you." I don't know. I'm like, "I don't know what kind of beer to get me." I'm like, just just find the cute beer guy, and <laughs> tell him that you need something. to name off a couple beers that you've seen in the fridge, and he will point you to something that I like. And sure as shit, every time she would come home, she had something fantastic. That's amazing. So, yeah, so, from the cute beer uh, guy. So when I I talked to her last night, and I was like, "Honey, you know, don't forget that I've got a show tomorrow, so I'm not going to be home right away." And she's like, "Oh, I forgot about that." And I said, "But." 
guess who might be on the show? And she's like, who? And I said, like, you beer guy. She's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's been very upset for quite a few years that you aren't at Jungle Jams. <laughs> and unfortunately, it's been a bit of a haul for us to come over to uh, to your current spot and, uh, and get over there to shop. But uh, So I'm happy to have you on the show and uh, um, Thank you. kind of complete the circle of my craft beer education, I guess. <laughs> so let's, let's start from the beginning. Uh, Sonder. What does Sonder mean, kind of th- from from the brand side, from the name side? Let's let's start there. It's out there a little bit in some of the interviews that you guys have done, but um, I want to hear it from your voices. Yeah. So uh, th- this word Sonder um, just means the realization that each random person is living a life as vivid and complex as you are. So we fell in love with that meaning. We loved everything that that, that encapsulated and felt like it really captured the spirit of who we are as a team and who we wanted to be as an organization. The tricky part with that is when you say that definition, definition, most people look at you and their eyes glaze over and you get halfway through and they're like, Whoa, give me, give me the cliff notes. So, uh, the short version is just every person has a story and, uh, we, we believe that we believe not only every person has a story, everybody that walks in here is going to have a story, but every beer has a story too. And, and that's super cool. Well, what I love is that, you know, every person has some kind of relationship with a beer and, and that relationship that they have to that same exact beer is very different. Whether, whether they love the beer or they hate it, everybody has these very different experiences around what's in their glass. And, um, it, it, it can be very very kind of uh, off the wall, kind of nonchalant, like whatever we drank that in college, it can be something that is, you know, life changing for some people. Just a beer can really change the direction. And I'm sure we all have a story about oh, something yeah. like that, you know? And so I, 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 I love the name. I absolutely love Thank it. You. I think it, uh, it, it encapsulates kind of my feeling about craft beer and kind of the way that um, I've kind of directed the way that, that I write stuff or, you know, podcast about things i guess you know there there really is a story behind everything and everybody deserves to be able to tell that story for themselves and and hear from the people that have those stories i guess yeah no doubt um we should drink some beer actually well let's do it before we really dig in my favorite segment fridge um what are we drinking right now somebody tell me it's something in my glass uh, so this is just a homebrew test batch that I've been doing. Uh, this is uh, the first um, batch I've done of a brewed IPA. So brewed IPA is from uh, was it San F- San Diego? Is it from San Diego? Um, anyways, originated out of California uh, just this year. But anyways, the story behind it is it's a beer that's fermented out 100. percent So there's no sugar behind it, but it's carbonated a little bit higher. Um, since this is a growl, it's not as carbonated, but um, it's supposed to resemble a like a champagne. So this beer, um, in order to get it to 100% fermentation, you have to add um, amylase to it. Um, do you know the, the exact term? What is it called? Uh, I would butcher the word, so no. <laughs> so, it's, it's, um, so it's an enzyme that just breaks down all the complex sugars into really simple sugars so the yeast can eat it all. So imagine a stout that's really thick. That's a lot of complex sugars. Now imagine this beer, but those sugars are completely eaten, and now you have this. So that's the best way to kind of picture thick, and then this is completely just all the way through. Is dry. it is it something that, you know, that... The, the whole brute idea is that so far everybody's kind of doing it with IPAs. Is there other styles that are kind of... So that's how it started. Um, I'm sure you can do that with anything. Like Saison's are typically, I guess you could say, a brute because those are always fermented out. But the the yeast character, the phenols and the esters are really shine. This is supposed to be super neutral, but it's supposed to be like a West Coast IPA, but very low bitters to none, um, but very aromatic and very flavorful. 
Um, so this was just, um, I had some leftover hops, so this was just like a, just gave it a shot. It's a South African hops called uh, African Queen that I threw into the Whirlpool. And then the dry hop was Amarillo. Um, and then I just used a basic ale yeast, so it's just nice and clean. Um, and this one actually attenuated 111%. Um, so it really, really got dry. Um, so basically what I've been doing with these How tests... How something attenuate 111%? Yeah, I like to say nothing can be more than 100%. <laughs> the hydrometer is, you know, is reading death and all, so it reads it lower, so... So it's not 111%, so it's just, it's just the ethanol. <laughs> we all just got chased. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that made way more sense than I thought I was going to. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for some like really long kind of yeah, <laughs> complex no. answer. I'm going to get it out. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just, um, you know, I was getting kind of like some grapefruit rind off of it. This is kind of like three weeks old, so it's kind of dropping. Um, I was also kind of noticing uh, with the high carbonation, it's kind of, all the Aramax are starting to bubble out a little bit faster than like a regular beer. Uh, so this is the kind of beer that I've sort of realized is has to be drank pretty fast. Really fast. Uh, otherwise, it's going to fade really quickly, as we can kind of see in this. But um, basically what I've been doing, uh, I brought two other beers. One's just a basic German Pilsner that I just brewed for myself. And then the other one was a, uh, a Saison that I did with lemon zest. And I didn't get the other part to it, so it's supposed to be a Saison with lemon zest and lavender. Um, but the tincture isn't ready yet, so... Uh, it's not 100% there, but you get the lemon zest and everything. So uh, when we get to that, uh, we'll talk more. But basically what I've been doing with these test batches is I'm just trying to get the flavor just so I know that the hop combination or the yeast that I'm using is what I want. Um, I'm not trying to make them perfect. I'm not competing with them. But if I know I can get what I'm trying to achieve, then we'll go from there. And ultimately, uh, with their approval, hopefully we'll blow them up on the big scale. But it's just something for me to kind of keep busy while we're in the construction and upper room. Right. So down the road... How is that? And this is probably jumping like four steps ahead in our conversation. How is that going to go with you two as far as recipe development and things like that? Is it just anybody who has an idea brings in? And probably not even you two. I guess there's probably plenty of ideas that are going to be floating around with the people sitting at this table. But yeah, I think uh, you know my opinion of recipe development is maybe a little bit different than some brewers. I guess uh, writing recipe is pretty easy, but carrying it out uh, with you know proper attention to detail and process is kind of where I focus on. So, you know, having Luke on board is great because he, he loves the recipe side. Um, you know, I've been pilot brewing uh, at home since I moved here for the last year and home brewing. And to be honest with you, it's, uh, it's, it's been, uh, I'm sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I can't wait to, you know, start brewing on a uh, actual brew house. So for, um, for anybody that doesn't know you and, and your history, you spent how many years at New Glarus? I sp- about 13 years at New Glarus, yeah. So, so I yeah, I basically started off as a, a stacking cases on the line, end of the line, and worked my way up from keg line to a cellar, bright beer tank, carbonation. I uh, got into yeast management and basically kind of did everything at the brewery. Ran two separate brew houses, uh, was uh, involved in two uh, cellar startups. So just kind of, I was very fortunate to, to go through the, the, the growth that New Glarus was fortunate uh, to go through. So so with that in mind, and with people who know some of the stuff that Luke has done um, around town, I think it's safe to say there is going to be a robust sour program here. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we actually, we, yeah, we will have a uh, sour room with a, a day one, one thirty-five hectoliter fooder, thirty-barrel fooder, um, and we'll have uh, some unique sour programs as well involved with uh, uh, the hot side uh, process as well. That's fun. So yeah. Uh, 
there's not really anything that's off the table here. I mean, uh, traditional styles, are we going to see that too? Are we going to see? Absolutely. Yeah, I I love, you know, more of the, you know, coming in learning from Dan Carey. I, I definitely am in love with more of the Germanic styles of beer. So um, if I drink one beer the rest of my life, it'd be a Pilsner. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, whether it's going to happen or not, I'm hoping that we have more of a traditional, you know, German style on tap all the time. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is what is something that maybe, you know, and this is kind of for, for both of you guys, something that maybe you couldn't do before that you're excited about kind of playing with here, or is there something like that? For me, it's that I get to learn from this guy. That's what I'm most excited about. But also to be a part of this company and the vision that we have in how we're going to do it and how well we're going to do it. That's what I'm mostly excited about. But talking to this guy, I mean, the first half hour in the interview, I was just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, he blew, he, it's, yeah, so, I mean, this guy is... It's not often you need a nap after an interview. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was mind-blowing talking to him, yeah, just to say the least, so... You probably feel like you need a nap after the tour of the brew house. <laughs> it was it was mind blowing. <laughs> I I think I understood like seventy percent of the things that, that Chase was talking about. Yeah, that is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was it was absolutely mind blowing. You guys are not cutting corners here. You're not doing things small and then hoping to uh, let the market allow you to kind of go in the direction you want to. You're starting out from the point where I think. Everybody can kind of see where where the goal is. Um, talk about that a little bit. What is what is the goal here? How my favorite question: How big is too big? Um, how you know what is Sonder long term, short term? Sure. Uh, I, I think for us it's uh, it's multifaceted. So um, the the biggest piece and the piece that we all agreed upon from day one, uh, and the reason that we bought six and a half acres of land was we recognize this this need and desire from not only families but people business professionals uh people that wanted to have a place where they could go and hang out and be there all day even if they didn't drink beer and um i I think rheingeist both rheingeist and madry um did a great job of that uh early on just given the scale that they could brew at um the challenge for that uh, up here in the Mason area is a lot of people don't want to drive downtown for that. And, right. and when they do, an Uber's 40 bucks back um, or you're playing paper, rock, scissors with your spouse for who's driving home. Right. And uh, this is a true story. Um, Jen's family and my family, um, we've, our families have been friends for years and we were hanging out right before we got this crazy idea of, of starting the brewery and we were down uh, with some friends, we met down there, and we went to uh, four different breweries downtown. And at every single brewery, we saw a different family from our neighborhood. And all four of them were saying the same thing. Man, I wish we had something like this up here. And it was like this epiphany moment where we said, why, why can't we? So initially at the time, Daniel and I had started this. Uh, Daniel and I's first meeting to start a brewery, we didn't even have a name at the time, was in April of 2016. Um, so by the time we open, it'll be about two and a half years later, um, which is um, still pretty remarkable, I think, for what we've done. Um, some Google reviews would not suggest the same, but um, <laughs> um, we, uh, we, we had this vision initially to I was going to be the brewer. I've been a home brewer for 10 years or so. 
uh, but never brewed commercially. And so we were going to do a one or a three barrel small brew pub uh, in Mainville, which is where we live. And um, then all of a sudden we saw this land and we had this experience downtown and thought, okay, well, maybe we can think a little bit bigger. And so uh, I, I continued to push back on everyone saying we don't need six and a half acres. This is kind of crazy. Six and a half acres is more land than than most breweries in the country. Forget about Cincinnati or, right. the, or the state of Ohio. So um, then we went back and just started going, well, why not? And then we're like, well, I love sand volleyball and I love bocce ball and I love cornhole and home run derby would be really cool. And we realized that um, wh- why can't we think about doing this? So it changed our scope and how we had to go about it uh, from a business plan perspective. But um, for us, truly, it started with just being a destination for people to come and hang out and be here all day and be able to see the Kings Island fireworks before they go home and, you know, play the bocce ball and cornhole and have live music. And Well, and, we, you know, when you think, you know, locally here, we've got Mount Carmel, who now has like 10 acres, I think, that they're on. Yep. And most of it's wooded. Most of it's kind of off to the side. It's taken up by this, you know, it, it it's not a space like this. It's green space it's open it's all designed to be just packed full of people doing things you know whether whatever those things happen to be even if mm-hmm. it's just sitting and staring at the green space whatever right. whatever that is you know it's it, there's there's a space for you to just kind of sit and do stuff whatever your going going back to that that idea of Sonder, whatever that uh, that story is for you when you want to come to the brewery it's there for you and i i think it's extremely unique especially here in cincinnati Beyond that, um, I think it has potential to be um, pretty unique for breweries that I've been to, for sure. Yeah, thanks. Um, and then to your other question on, um, you know, the, the vision piece and how big is too big. Um, one of the things that, uh, for me, you talked about the story piece of a beer. I can tell you straight up, up front, like my beer was Sierra Nevada Pale. That beer changed everything for me. So it's been really cool for me to go to Asheville and see that destination and see that location and what that is. Right. And obviously we're a far cry from that, but the really cool thing about that space is you see somebody from every, every decade of life. Right. Um, and then you see families and you see kids playing in a sandbox. Oh, you guys have a sandbox. <laughs> we probably won't have a sandbox. Because um, that fenced in sandbox of Sierra Nevada is a lifesaver. Isn't that awesome? It's so awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like it's like Max Pizza is a place up here. Uh, I think there's a couple around the city. We'll go there just because my kids play in the in the sand volleyball pits. Right, it's right. Great. So, yeah, but um, but Sierra Nevada was so pivotal to my to my journey of of craft beer. So I completely resonate with what you're saying on the story. And on that, it's like one of those things that we all agree upon as well because uh, Sierra Nevada is a brewery that every beer they put out is consistently good and you know no matter what it's going to be really really good so i would say for us i don't know how big is too big we certainly aren't planning to distribute nationally or anything like that or even open a second location but but for me i would say regardless of how big we get we'll never grow with with the intent of sacrificing the quality of our beer so for us that's one of the reasons that we started on a 30 barrel system we would have never done that if we didn't have chase uh with his experience i think um having somebody who's brewed on a hundred barrel brew house gives us the capability to start at this size because it, it he's done that before and so we're not going from a home brew system 
to a 30 barrel system we're going from somebody who's actually having to to scale down um so i i don't know how big too big is but i know that for us the first thing would always be making sure that we have high quality beer and not sacrificing that quality just for the sake of expansion what is you know i i always like to call it the measure of success for people uh how do you what is what is that point where you can be walking into this tap room one afternoon and look at what you've got going on and be like all right we we did what we set out to we're on the right track even maybe i guess maybe there isn't like, a, like <laughs> well, an end goal but well i guess you know, i guess for starters just it'll just be open <laughs> somebody sitting as at the bar as soon as we're open and there's somebody actually <laughs> sitting at our bar it'll be pretty good um, <laughs> that's kind of a cop-out answer <laughs> <laughs> that's fair you know it, you know i for me, I assume with a place like this, it's walking in one afternoon and seeing your neighbors in here enjoying this vision and, and what it is. And um, it's got to be exciting. How many breweries are there in, in Warren County? Uh, two, maybe? Three, there's two, a three few more. So I guess, yeah, tech, I think Rivertown's outside of Monroe County. So we've got uh, 16 lots. The Commons coming. Oh, that's 16 lots we've worn. Um, oh, yeah. Narrow Path. Because that's... I think that's still Warren County. Maybe not. Sims. I don't think I think that's Sims. That's Claremont. I, I think your point stands just by the There's, fact of what there, we're doing, right? The point is that like, there, there isn't mm-hmm. a lot of this going on up here. And I I yeah. live I live in Fairfield, I live in Butler County, and for a really long time it was the same story there. There was clearly a lot of beer drinkers there just desperate for beer and still you know we've, we've got swine city right there but um you're driving up to monroe or you're driving over to westchester you're driving you know like there's there isn't that that place where you just you can just go and uh i think it's going to do very well here thank you um let's drink another beer it's a great idea <laughs> it's hot today yeah and we are sitting in an unair conditioned <laughs> it was it's been right like now. rainy and kind of miserable the last few days so the beer that i brought today is like a big imperial stout because it made sense at the time when i was thinking about it and after today sweating all day at work I'm like, you know what this is probably not <laughs> <laughs> the beer that i would have picked which one is this uh so this is just a german pilsner um pretty simple just uh Seriously, just Pilsner malt, Magnum for bittering, Tetanang for flavoring, and that's it. I have another batch of it. I did 10 gallons, so the second batch is dry hopping with saws at the moment. I wanted to do Saphir because um, I really like how Pebo Pills taste with the Saphir hops, but unfortunately I couldn't find any at Listerman, so I just got saws. I don't I don't know if we talked. What did everyone think of the Brute IPA? I, I, I liked that one a lot. I don't know if I've tried any of the brewed IPAs that are floating around right now. Um, so I'm not super familiar with the style, but it it tastes familiar, I guess, if that makes sense. It uh, just tastes like a nice, dry, refreshing beer that you just want to sit out and drink in the sunshine. And I agree. Definitely not, you know, when, when I hear brute, I think, obviously, brute champagne. And that's not something that in my head I think of sitting out in the sunshine and drinking, which is probably a little backwards. You probably should, but <laughs> it just isn't where my mind goes. And um, Whereas that beer, it definitely is. So really the only reason why I brewed this is I'm just trying, I'm, I'm going through different yeast strains. Um, I'm sure Chase has his preferred. I, this is really just a beer that I made for myself, um, but I was just trying out different strains to see which ones I like the most. Um, so this is uh, the Weinstefan yeast. I really have a the best big love for that yeast um, have you talked to Daniel about that 
No. Dude, we just became even better friends. <laughs> I was there. I was over in Bomberg with my girlfriend uh, a year ago. And we went to, we went to Fine Stefan. Oh it was beautiful. <laughs> sounds amazing. <laughs> and he actually smuggled the yeast out himself. Yeah. It's the original strain. Yes, and, it is. And, uh, and, and an old hollow cane. Isn't there some story about people doing that? You know? it's, it's true. It's true. Well, this is great. It's kind of got like a nice, um, there's like a, a little fruity note there for me that um, that I really like again. Probably just because it's really hot today, and all of these things are just hitting that perfect spot for me for drinking. I get notes it. of peach. Oh yeah, it's oh. a little white pepper too. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty intimidating. We got Daniel over here, but Chase, <laughs> when this guy drinks a beer, he rips it apart. Not not in a negative <laughs> way, but like he, that sounds like fun. He, he can he can name every Welcome flavor. To the team, Luke. He can name every flavor. I'm like, oh gosh, I don't, I don't know if I want to bring beers anymore. <laughs> You're so upset about the soy sauce. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, I, I brought up a, a sour for him to try. It was a tequila mockingbird. I was like, yeah, you know, you know, this this is something that's been wrong with it, but you know, I really like how the the salt is good. You know, it's pretty good. It's got like some soy sauce in there. Though I'm like, and I am done bringing beers. <laughs> <laughs> I think you in your this. description you said it had like an umami kind of yeah. thing going on. Yeah. Which you, you know, actually <laughs> did. I, I heard that on that yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, you sure. actually did say that. See, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this pilsner is really good. It's really well balanced. It's uh, uh, I I feel like it's got a nice. Uh, backbone of, of uh, the malt kind of still there but well attenuated so it's not overly sweet it's really good it's first time i've had it too uh let's let's talk about the tap room experience a little bit you know we know you guys have a huge focus on that outdoor space the the patio is massive a uh, big chunk of it covered for those days where uh, it's a little hot the sun's beating down on you or it's raining or whatever it may be um but inside what kind of what's the feeling going to be in the tap room what's the uh I'll let Jen cover this one. <laughs> Hopefully the feeling will be casual. Everybody should have, you know, a seat or be at the bar. Um, it's going to be a little bit rustic, a little bit industrial. Um, obviously, this is our production facility as well. So um, we have, you know, open ceilings and cement floors. Um, but I think that makes it feel casual and relaxing and Again, this is not a stuffy place. It's not a place where <coughs> you shouldn't feel comfortable. And it's one of those tap rooms where you can feel comfortable bringing kids. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Um, I yeah. assume. Um, I assume pets are going to be an issue because of the food component inside. Um, but patio will be pet friendly. I'm guessing. And yes, uh, yes. Um, pets outside. To your point, we with uh, with some of the. Um, laws and food safety and all that we can't right. there's there's some ways around it but we'd rather just just keep it really clean and and have the the pets outside we have a ton of space for them um and then just have no and and the beauty of that the cool thing is as you saw when you walked up a lot of your listeners haven't seen this yet so they wouldn't know but when you walk up we actually have a sidewalk that extends to our patio that walks around our building right. so you can actually get your pets around the front of our building to our beer garden without ever coming into our tap room. Which I is think nice. you're going to have to put signs up to remind people to keep their pets on a leash and not let them just take off running around the green space. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. It's like a big dog park or, out there. Or children. For <laughs> or your children, matter. yeah. yeah. We, um, we, we've said for a long time, you mentioned the family piece. Um, one of my coined lines that I said all the time was we wanted to be a space that you brought your family 
and then you came back for a date night. So we want it to feel like a space that's that's open for everyone. Um, that that you can sounds, bring your kids. Sounds exactly like my house, honey. I've got really good news. We got a date night tonight. <laughs> Take, taking you to a brewery. <laughs> That's perfect. You should see the look That's on her face. <laughs> uh, pure <but> yeah. joy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we want to do things like uh, you and I you chatted a little bit earlier, but having um, an oversized projector screen outside where we can do on Friday nights, we show a different kid's movie every Friday night. And so mom and dad can come and bring their kids um, and it gives them a reason to hang out without having to chase their kids. Right, right. Hopefully they're watching Monsters, Inc. or something. Right, right. Want, so. Yes. <laughs> I really like Monsters, Inc. <laughs> Pixar all the way. <coughs> Lion King, I think, is, uh, dominates that. But. <laughs> wow. we, have, we have all of a sudden derailed. <laughs> Lion King is and entirely is, too sad. You'll have people hole? sobbing at That's the bar. True. What's, what's cornhole? You can throw some bags. You're kidding me. It's you got to throw bags, not cornhole. Oh, we're not going to get into that on this show. <laughs> this is Cincy Brewcast. <laughs> yeah, Cincy Brewcast, uh, not Wisconsin <laughs> Brewcast. Um, Fair enough. We should, we should probably take a quick break. Um, and by quick, I mean really quick because I'm not actually going to do the full break. Um, so we can pay some bills. So um, we will be right back. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with the big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, Eight Ball, Braxton, and more. At just five bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across southwest Ohio and northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. Hi, this is Mike Stokes from Cincy Brew Bus. Cincinnati's craft beer scene is growing, and we want to take you to those locations. Here at Cincy Brew Bus, we love to introduce people to craft beer here locally in Cincinnati. We have an amazing craft beer scene. We have lots of routes to choose from and a lot of different places we can visit. Cincy Brew Bus is Cincinnati's premier and original craft brewery tour. We're the number one rated tour for breweries on TripAdvisor. We're the number one rated food and drink experience on TripAdvisor. And we're also the number two total tour overall on TripAdvisor here for Cincinnati. At Cincy Brew Bus, we provide a VIP tour experience for the novice and for the expert craft beer drinker. We like to take you out, show you how the beer is made, tell you about Cincinnati's rich brewing history, and at the same time, have fun, do some trivia, and drink some locally made fresh craft beer. Beer, beer is about having fun. The dream, the dream is definitely the fact that we went from homebrewing in a garage to where we are today, right? That is, that is the dream. Where we go from here, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to figure out 
as we grow. Uh, we uh, and we don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Can you have more fun <laughs> with your clothes on? I don't think so. <laughs> We're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. The first annual Hops in the Hangar is a unique event for craft beer aficionados that will surely take flight. Gathering a perfect blend of craft beer fans and aviation enthusiasts inside an airplane hangar, Hops in the Hangar will be an epic event here in the tri-state area, more specifically in Middletown, Ohio, on August 18th at Hook Field, located at the Middletown Regional Airport. The festival is presented by Downtown Middletown Incorporated and the Middletown Regional Airport. Beer has never looked so cool as it is being served in a huge operating airport hangar. This event is surely going to take off. Hops in the Hangar will feature a wide selection of beer from breweries big and small, all while showcasing a variety of aircraft. The professional skydivers jumping overhead and the acrobatic plane shows will create an experience few will forget. The evening will be packed with beers, planes, food trucks, music, and more. You can choose 15 beers to sample from the dozens of breweries that are on site. Get a drone's eye view of the event using virtual reality goggles. Watch fast track skydivers jumping overhead and watch a variety of acrobatic air shows. You can get your tickets now at hopsinthehanger.com. A special package deal for two tickets and a room at the Hampton Inn in Middletown is also available. Now is the time to jump on board. This event is rain or shine, but it has a 100% chance of beer. Thank you very much to Hops in the Hanger for sponsoring this week's episode of Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hello there. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. And we're back. Cincy Brewcast. <laughs> the voice of Cincy Craft. Um, again, thank you to Cincy Brewbus and Hops in the Hangar for sponsoring the show. If you want to sponsor the show, you can send an email to cincybrewcast at gmail.com um, or uh, jump on the website. There's all kinds of contact information there, cincybrewcast.com. So um, I don't know. Do that. Help us throw us a couple bucks. We've got a couple other fun things coming along that uh, may entice a few people to uh, to sponsor in some other ways. I don't want to spoil any surprises, but um, yeah, keep your, keep your eyes open and your ears open and... Um, can you close your ears? <laughs> I, 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 you could plug them up with something. <laughs> uh, um, I spend a lot of time in my house. So my little girl is 18 months old. So there's a lot of moments in my house where it's just, you just plug your ears up and kind of <laughs> cuddle into a little ball and <laughs> quietly sob to yourself. <laughs> so yes, you can close your ears and your eyes and, uh, <laughs> and your mind and just <laughs> drift away to a happier place. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you, um, Melody. Um, I don't know if I've said her name. Do they listen Melody. to all of them? Um, I don't think so. I, she definitely does not because she can't figure out how to download podcasts. Um, but I don't think my wife does either because I would have gotten in trouble for some of the stuff I've said if she did. <laughs> um, she listened more when we do live shows because she can just put it on the Apple TV yeah. and it'd be playing in the background. Um, and then I get mean text messages when I say bad things, but I don't think she downloads them. I guess I hope not. Um, now um, you're about to find I out. I do not close my eyes and my ears and drift <laughs> off to a happier place. I'm very happy. <laughs> 
<laughs> you guys are going to get me in trouble, even more trouble. So um, I told Luke about my experience with the last show out in Athens where I got in trouble. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't, I don't nice. think any of them actually listen to the show so I can probably talk about it a little bit. And this will actually be an interesting kind of conversation, very brief conversation here. I'm not going to stick on this too much. We brought up the 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 topic of of lambic beers and um one of the one of the breweries out there made a beer and he called it he I don't know if he actually called it on the bottle or just said it out loud that oh this is this is my my lambic. And evidently, that's a no-no to some people to call a beer lambic if you do not brew your beer in Belgium. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. Like we, we we just drank a pilsner, and we're not in Pilsen, and so it turned into a very angry, heated conversation. And, uh, <laughs> wow! It'll be interesting next year to see if all three of those breweries are on my show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and like almost immediately after I told you, Luke, that story, then I saw that you were out there in Athens brewing at said place. I'm like, oh my God, he's going to get me in even more trouble. I'm thinking of all the things that I said about them to you while we were a little uh, intoxicated. No. You didn't throw him under the bus? (laughs) You should have. You should have heard what that gnome guy said. You know that gnome guy? He is a turd, I tell you what. Nice. <laughs> Lord, we've already gone off the rails. Um, <laughs> from okay, so when you, you you talked about when you guys came up with this idea for Sonder, and it was you know you two kind of sitting around talking about the idea of starting a brewery. Um, when you start really digging in and you start looking at other people to bring on, um, why did you end up with with the group that you have? Even even with Daniel, you know. We, where did where what do you see in each of these people and how did how did it end up the way it is here yeah it's a great question um first of all i i firmly believe i mean this this team that we have um top to bottom all the way down i mean that's it's really cool one of the first things when luke and i had our our first conversation the first thing he said to me was wow your your team is incredible and and he's He's absolutely right. I mean, everything um, I remember, um, this was uh, back in uh, September of 2016. Um, so I can actually start a little bit before that. I had, uh, my wife and I lived in Chicago before and um, started a, a business plan for a brewery because I was home brewing and, and fell in love with it. And, and, you know, I had this dream of doing it. And then uh, we relocated here to Cincinnati for my job at the time. Uh, we started a family. I tabled the brewery. Fast forward four years later, uh, I'm still home brewing, and I brought in a beer uh, for Daniel to try, uh, a beer called Hop Collaborate and Listen is what I had called it at the time, which we've now trademarked, which is going to be a really <laughs> cool series coming at some point uh, from us. Uh, How did nobody learned. else come up with that before I, you? I don't, I don't know, but it was the first thing Brilliant. we trademarked uh, behind Sonder Brewing. So. Um, Which is not Sonder Artisanal Ales or it is, whatever. It is not. That's actually a defunct. Uh, They've was, still got their website up, though. But they, it's it's really really goofy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's we've got an eye on it. But um, in speaking with that guy, that the I actually reached out to him pretty early on, and um, he's like, "Yeah, I was a home brewer. I had a dream of starting a brewery like everyone, and nothing ever happens." So right. If you look his last post, uh, I think it was, it was 2016. Yeah, so July of 2016 or something. So, um, yeah, it's different. Um, so, 
Daniel and I, uh, I, I take him out for a beer. I'm like, hey, I, I would love for you to try this. And the look on his face was uh, pretty funny. You could probably tell the story better than me just from memory. But he looked at me like, and he, he actually said to me, dude, I actually thought this was going to be trash. <laughs> Those were his exact words. And, 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 and he's I like, think everything's trash, by the way. <laughs> when, he, when it wasn't, uh, he's like, hey, um, why don't you brew for us here at O'Brien's? And, and we'll kind of put it on. They were putting in their growler system at the time. And, and I was like, I, I, can't, I, I can't do that. I, I don't want to do it as a hobby and still keep my other job. And I'll never see my family. And, um, and he's like, well, then let's do a brewery. And I was like, well, funny you say that. Uh, I have a business plan. And if you actually want to do it, I'll run through it. And I get four pages into this elaborate business plan I put together. And he's like, I don't need to see anything else in it. <laughs> we had just become friends from his job. He was my, my local beer hookup when, you know, they'd get KBS or something right. like that. He'd just shoot me a text and he, say. He used to be mine. Yeah. Until he left me. Sounds <laughs> like I'm a drug dealer guy. Yeah, cute, cute beer guy. Cute beer I guy. wish I would have known that story a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Have t-shirts for that. <laughs> we have to have t-shirts. So, so that's how that's how we kind of got started. But again, we were we were going to do something really small, and then um, I had I had um, reached out to Jen. Jen and my wife are the best of friends, and Jen has owned her own design company for I always get this wrong. I'm going to say 17 years. I don't know how long it's actually been, uh, but it's been a, it's been about that long. And she's extremely talented. So I I, I go to her and I said, Hey, Jen. Um, I have this word. It's Sonder. I, I like vinyl records. I think it'd be cool to have a record with a hop leaf in it. And, and her, her, she looks at me and says, well, give me a few weeks. I'm, I'm kind of busy. I'm like, okay. She comes to us six hours later, has eight <laughs> designs. And Daniel and I are like, this is amazing. We've got to have her on the team. And so that's how, that's how the origin of, of our logo and our brand started. So then Jen comes on board. That's September of 2016, and right after that time, I had reached out to uh, Jake Rouse at Braxton, and he was extremely kind. Gave me two hours in his in his brew house, and we just talked. And I was like, "Hey, I'm thinking of starting a brewery." Um, and he said something to me that I'll never forget, and I always like to share this. And he's like, "You know, everyone thinks that there's this craft beer bubble that's going to burst, but that sort of insinuates that people are going to stop drinking beer." And that's probably not going to happen, but the growth might level off at some point. And the ones that, that continue to thrive uh, will do three things really well. They'll have good beer, good brand, and good distribution. And that stuck with me so hard. I, I called both of these guys as soon as I left the meeting. I'm like, you're never going to believe this. I just had this conversation, <laughs> but we have to pivot everything. So that's when we decided to look for a brewer because I felt like with Daniel's background in distribution and being in the beer side of things and wine distribution and liquor and all this other stuff, having the context that he had, had I felt like we had that piece covered, uh, which we're going to self-distribute out of the gate and Daniel will manage that for us. Um, we'll kind of play that by ear and see what happens, but that's our plan at least until we uh, get uh, pretty localized throughout Mason and, and this area um, and hopefully into Cincinnati. But uh, I felt Hopefully like into Fairfield. That, yes, <laughs> Just Fairfield. Yes, that's all I need. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so I felt like we had distribution and brand covered because I felt like between Jen and Daniel, we had a, a, a great, great team there. But what we didn't have was the beer because I had never brewed commercially. So, how was I going to go from this guy who's brewing on ten gallons or even twenty gallons at a time to even three barrels? I did, did, just didn't feel great about that. So. We, uh, 
we, this is a, a true story. It's a super cool story that I love to share. We were uh, fast forward a couple of months on November 23rd. We're sitting in my basement at my bar and we're like, all right, we got to, we have to post this position for our brewer, but we don't, we haven't bought our land yet. We don't really know. We just have this vision and we don't really know what this looks like. And, uh, and we're kind of talking about, well, we we really don't have any money yet either. So we don't know what that's going to look like, but we have to hire an employee. So, and, and I was like, well, maybe we can go into an equity play at some point and make him a partner or whatever after they've worked for us for a while. And, and, <laughs> and Daniel looks at me and says to me, no unless you get the guy from New Glarus or somebody from a place like New Glarus, and then you do whatever it takes to hire that guy. <laughs> that was November 23rd, 2016. On November 29th, we posted the position at 8.30 in the morning. At 7.15 that night, our first resume came in, and it was Chase from New Glarus. That's funny. And Justin called me when I was at work, and I typically don't answer my phone, and he knows not to call me when I was at work. And uh, he called me, he's like, dude, sit down. He's like, are you sitting down? He's like, guess who just reached out to us? And I got goosebumps even thinking about it now. It was crazy. That's funny. So I call, I, called, I call Chase, like, immediately. I'm like, I know it's late at night. I'm real sorry. Uh, I want to talk to you about something. Uh, your resume, it's awesome. Come work for us. <laughs> but no, it was uh, it was really cool. We had a Chase and I had an awesome conversation uh, from my job at the time. I happened to be traveling to Milwaukee that next week, so I was like, I know this is really really soon, but uh, in two days I'm going to be in Wisconsin. Would you mind meeting? And uh, that was it was an awesome conversation. Uh, we ended up interviewing 19 other people. Um, but we uh, somehow you slept on his couch that first night. No, no, he offered for me too. Wait, I was afraid he was going to wear my skin. So, I so, so you got to talk about the weather conditions in Wisconsin and what you were wearing. Okay, well, thanks for that one. When I left Cincinnati, it was seventy degrees. Somehow, I don't know how. So I was wearing my Tom's shorts and a T-shirt. I didn't think about it. I was so excited. I get, I get through Chicago, and it's literally a blizzard. <laughs> On my way up to my meeting, my, my company that I was working for at the time called me, and they're like, we're canceling the meeting, so don't travel. But I couldn't tell them. They didn't know I was starting the brewery yet, so I couldn't tell them. I'm actually already here. Yeah. So I get halfway there. I call Chase, and I'm like, hey. Uh, he, and he answers and goes, you're not coming, right? There's a, like a foot of snow. I get out of the car. I'm I'm shins deep in snow wearing Tom's shorts and a t-shirt. I walk in and Chase is like, you gotta be Justin. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So we, uh, so yeah, we interviewed 19 other people um, and and none of them compared to to anything Chase was going to bring for us. And I don't, I don't know if you want to add to that on why you were willing to leave New Glarus to do that or, or what that looked like, but Obviously, it's a big move for you too. Yeah, yeah I mean, what gets you to to submit a resume for a brewery in not even Cincinnati, Ohio? You know the the, the suburbs of Cincinnati, Ohio. Well, I mean, first off, I you know to start a brewery. So essentially, the way I was, my, my, my wife and I were looking at uh, you know basically moving on and basically with New Glarus. I'm not going to go into much detail with New Glarus, but I basically hit my ceiling there and. Um, and respectfully left, and uh, Dan and I are still on great terms and, and, and whatnot, and have a lot of respect for New Glarus Brewing Company. Um, so I, it's I raining kind of, a little bit for anybody that's listening. Like, that's what's yeah. happening. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they got to be able to hear that. Yeah. 
so I kind of set out uh, to either work at a large uh, brewery, uh, a brewery that's hitting around you know twenty thousand barrels, or a startup brewery. Um, so long story short, I, I kind of sent uh, you know Justin and, and, and Daniel and Jen through the ringer of all my interviews and traveling that I was doing uh, during this process, um, but ultimately. You know, Justin's vision of the facility um, and where he, you know, saw it in the future uh, really aligned uh, what I thought is possible. And, you know, there's a reason why we have a 30-barrel brew house and the brew house is uh, pretty heavily automated. Um, you know, Justin touched on that quality is a focus of ours. And, you know, with, with the automation in the brew house, you know, we'll be able to produce a pretty consistent uh, quality wort and really grow the cellar out. Um, with the acreage as well, we can have another uh, cellar addition pretty easily and, and really, really grow. Um, so, you know, being part of the team is, is really, you know, Justin's vision and, and, and Jen and Daniel's vision for the brewery. And, uh, and we got along really, really well. And I, I have full autonomy over the brewing, uh, you know, process and the design of the brew house and well, everything. And that's, there's, there's a lot to say about that, too, a place that can start up, mm-hmm. bring somebody in early enough into the fold that yeah. can have that say on what's happening in there. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people <clears throat> around town that could yeah. do half of an entire show just griping about people that brought them in too late and all the mistakes yeah. that they made because of that. That's the other thing, too, is, you know, it it, it really stood out to me how, how intelligent and smart Justin was and the team was of looking for a brewer because I always think it's such a mistake when breweries are starting up and they... You know, there's a lot of great, you know, equipment manufacturers out there, um, but relying on them heavily can, you know, kind of cause some issues as well down the road. So I think it was, uh, you know, on their part, really smart to bring in a brewer right away. Absolutely. And you guys, as far as the the brew house go, went with Quality Tank Solutions, mm-hmm. who has a few systems around town. Yeah. I imagine they are present around town on a fairly regular basis and... So when things happen and you need to call on them, I'm sure that they're yeah. also going to be very, um, very able to help. And it, there, there's every little yeah. piece of this place is very, very well thought out. And Thank I, um, I think when you when you first look at it on paper as a beer drinker and you just read you know a random interview or something, it seems you know there's been a lot of talk about the direction of what craft breweries are supposed to go. And it's that, you know, three to five barrel neighborhood thing. You're just supposed to support your neighborhood and not worry about anything else. And that's the right way to do it. And so when you see somebody that's starting up with a 30 barrel brew house and bringing in somebody from new Glarus and trying to do six and a half acres of things that like it doesn't seem like the thing that should make sense. And it's it's very refreshing to walk in here and see that it does make sense. It makes perfect sense, and uh, I think Thank it's. I, w- I would be really eager now to go to a couple places around town and, and get them off the mic and ask them, you know, hey, have you heard about Sonder? And just just hear kind of <laughs> where they go with it because there's got to be a few people watching you guys. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I hope it's from a. Um, from a perspective of let's have some fun, let's collaborate, let's I, you know even I, if I, it's even if it's from a competition thing, that's sure. a that's a good thing, for, especially for us as beer sure, drinkers. Sure. You know, it's you know there's it's got to be getting a couple people sweating a little bit, and you know, I I would say um, I'm I'm really grateful. Uh, we were pretty early on in the process, and I mentioned the conversation with Jake. Um, I was you know to start like we were starting. 
um, you know, obviously initially to your point, it's very different. Um, and it can be nerve wracking. So I tried to, uh, do my best to create some friendships and relationships with others that I could learn from. And, you know, uh, the, the folks at Warped Wing, Mad Tree, they, they've been fantastic and they've been, uh, Jason Roper over at Rivertown, Jason and Lindsay both have been awesome. So we've had, um, a lot of really good support. It's really interesting. Uh, some of those folks that, um, are a little bit bigger in size now have actually been, uh, pretty receptive to, you know, Hey, if you need anything, give me a shout. Um, and I usually take them up on it. It's, it's pretty nice. Um, what are, as of right now, where you're at, what are the fears? What, what is that thing that's nagging in the back of your head? That's like, Oh, I hope that this, this works out. I hope that. Yeah, it's, um, it's a really fair and good question. Uh, I would say the first one, I mean, when you, when you walk up here and you see this to your, you know, to the point, and a lot of people, uh, have mentioned this. I mean, we took on a lot of debt to do it. Um, we, uh, didn't have angel investors. We Hats off to everybody's spouses, by the way. For uh, we, <laughs> yes, we have uh, amazing, amazing support. I need um, to do a show just with a bunch of people's spouses. That actually it. would be pretty entertaining. <laughs> All I know is our, is our spouses, but that would be entertaining. People would love that. Um, <laughs> the real house spouses of beer. Um, but, uh, you know, we we worked really hard to raise more money to be able to do this um, we didn't have like I said we didn't have angel investors we didn't have any any person that came in and gave us five hundred thousand dollars none of us are millionaires in fact we all quit our jobs uh, about six months ago um, because we're basically general contractors on a construction site um, and that's been incredibly frustrating but it's it's also going to be incredibly rewarding when we can already designate out where our can line is going to be and where we can expand into phase two and phase 2.5 and all this other stuff. So it's, it's incredibly rewarding because of that. It's also incredibly stressful because, um, the financial implications from us, um, we, we, we are taking a gigantic risk and we're taking a large enough risk that it's enough to go, we better sell some beer. Right. Um, but it's, but I, I think, um, with these two guys running our beer, it all starts at your beer. You have to have a good brand and all that other stuff, but it starts with your beer. And, um, I told you this, this, uh, little factoid stat before we got on the air, but within three miles of our location, there's 18,000 corporate employees around here. And I know for a fact, which is really, really cool. There's a few employees at P&G that are already sending company-wide emails saying, does anybody know when Saunders opening? <laughs> and we, we've talked with the folks at Apex and Blue Cross Blue Shield. And there's a lot of folks that are really excited to come in for happy hours and, and dinner or whatever that looks like. So um, to answer your question really long-winded, um, my fear is that we don't sell enough beer. <laughs> which also might be a cop-out answer for you. but No, I mean, it's, uh, that, it's, I think that's a, that's a very realistic kind of yeah. thing right now is, you know, that waking up in cold sweats and picturing yep. a tap room with nobody sitting you at the bar. You have to sleep to wake up. <laughs> I don't sleep a whole lot right now. <laughs> um, let's, let's drink another beer here. Yeah. I think, we've, I think we've got one more, right, Luke? Yeah. So um, this, is, uh, <laughs> this is supposed to be a tart saison, but unfortunately uh, I hopped it a little bit too high and I didn't give enough time for it to sour. But... Um, this is Saison de Saison DuPont yeast. Um, mm. Basically what I say is, if you don't like Saisons, you're going to hate this beer. So I put this uh, 
I put this beer at my parents' sunroom and I took advantage of the temperature and it got to 95 degrees. So this thing really ripped. Um, and so it's really strong with phenols and esters. Um, but then I threw in some lemon zest with it. Um, so it kind of gives, you, you can get oh, on yeah. the nose. Um, I, I didn't do enough, but you can definitely pick up on it. Um, and then um, imagine that there's lavender in there, but I, I, I actually, <laughs> but I actually didn't add it yet. So. Well, now I'm I'm curious though, like if you hadn't, if you had said, you know, there's lavender in this beer, and then just gave it to me if I, because I I feel like I get lavender now. Oh, yeah. Power <laughs> suggestion, man. Yeah. yeah so uh, I definitely get that that nice clovey kind of. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's peppery. It's. Uh, it's got all the it's got all the textbook like bubble gum and circus oh, yeah, peanuts banana everywhere. So I was excited how this one turned out because everyone's like, this is like the hardest saison strain to use. It's like, well, it's like 100 degrees out, so I'm just gonna let this bad boy go. And Dude, I, that's that's pretty legit, man. Yeah. So I like how this one turned out. So this is a legit test batch for the company. Um, I have this is uh, the first growler I pulled, so I still have a lot of it left. So I'm gonna make the tincture for it and pour it in, and then redo it. Um, I like that it's yeah. got some body to it. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, think, uh, I think you're just smelling circus <laughs> Would it clock in at, man? It's got a lot of bubblegum notes. Uh, it's about 6%, six, six, uh, a little bit over. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it, it went all the way down. So I like it. It's dry. It's, it's, it's about carbonated it. enough, so it's spritzy, so it's not, you know, it, it's not just dull. It, it's got that body. It's got the acid from the, from the carbonation. This is my favorite of the three. Yeah. Yeah, so this one, this one turned out nice. So this is, a, this is a legit test batch. So I like how it turned out. Um, there's some tweaks I want to do to it, so I'll probably brew it again. Um, but, yeah, so just doing these kind of beers, just kind of figuring out the recipes and trying to hone in and see how these guys like it, and so far so good. So, uh, but, yeah, so this is a... Good work, Luke. Cheers. What do you think? I, I like I'm not not that I'm not I guess I'm I'm more of a I don't typically like the big Belgian y kind of esters, you know, so a lot of Saisons are not my favorite thing in the world. But this doesn't, you said it's got all a, a big kind of Saison character to it, but there's something else that kind of balances that out for me. Um, and I don't know if it's that, that little bit of body that um, I think a lot of Saisons don't have. Right. Um, but it's, no, it's good. It is. There's a little bit of sweetness, so mm-hmm. um, I want to I wanna do this again, but make sure it sours so it has a little bit of a tang. Yeah, a little, a little, little bit, bit of tartness. A little, little, little bit of pop. Yeah. Um, I think that really add a lot of complexity to it. Um, and then with the lavender, it's going to make it like super botanical and just at something that you can't get in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. maybe you know yeah. less uh, Ohio. Like this, it's pretty, it's pretty unique. And this is a direction I'm pretty sure that we want to go in Sonder, and that's what I, so I'm trying to, trying to work on, trying to re, you know, kind of redevelop <coughs> these beers that aren't really done. When people ask me, and I, people ask me a lot, oh, do you do you homebrew? You know, you do a beer pod, you must homebrew. And I said, no, I, I, I don't really homebrew because there's plenty of people that can do it way better than I can. <laughs> and, like, it's mind-blowing to me that this is something that you're homebrewing that was fermenting in your parents' sunroom. Like, this is why I don't homebrew. Like I, the, the, this is this is insane to me. Like it, it, this could be something that was on any tap here in town, and um, w- nobody would bat an eye at it. 
Thank you. Thank you. That Thank means you. a lot. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, home brewing is where I started, and Chase and I were having this conversation like yesterday. Home brewing is a pain in the butt because when you are brewing on a professional system and you have everything is temperature controlled for you and you don't have to worry about it, but in your home brewing and you have to make sure, like, your strike temperature is right at 170 and, like, you're adding the hops right at the right time and you do the whirlpooling, you have to paddle it around and you're knocking it. It's just, like, such a pain. Um, but no, it's fun because um, I haven't filled up the keys at my parents' house in a long time. They're like, "Luke, when are you going to start homebrewing again?" I'm like, "Pretty busy, guys." But they're really excited because I'm just I'm just ripping through batches right now. Yeah. So I got I got a handful of stuff. I got a lacto starter going right now. So I'm going to do some kettle sour. Or, I'm sorry, we're not doing kettle sours. Uh, so <laughs> some sours. Uh, you know, just doing some different ideas that I haven't done before. I'm, I'm trying to really really get out there and get a little bit more like weird, but like palatable weird something that you don't really expect uh, that's what i'm really trying hard for so uh yeah it's, it's so far going well um it, one of my favorite still going back to the home brewing thing one of my favorite stories going back to, to braxton too when they first opened up uh, and they were rolling through some test batches and, and doing some stuff richard um homebrewed for the first time that he, he had never homebrewed before he just kind of grew up in that you know, the big you know big breweries and um evan brought him out to do some test batches and hearing him talk about the experience of homebrewing versus being on a commercial scale his entire brewing life was <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that, that must have been even different for him because he had never done it right right it was a lot of it was was learning new techniques that yeah. he had never you know done before and it was it was it was interesting I, don't know. I just think that at the end of the day, homebrewers, uh, they have that creativity behind them. I think a lot of people, you know, who, who don't have that homebrewing background, and I'm not saying anything negative, but, you know, with those homebrewers, like, as you said, all these new techniques and everything, you have to think on your feet a little bit You're saying more. you're way more creative than Richard Dubay, is what you're saying. So, no. <laughs> I, I, he does you not heard recall. heard it here first. He does not recall. <laughs> I'll just stop talking. Never mind. <laughs> One, two, no. three, four, five. <laughs> I, 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 I get exactly where you're going. I, I think that, you know, throughout the entire history of craft beer and probably Asian. still today, like that, that idea of creativity that homebrewers are, are able to, to put forth yep. is what drives some of the things in craft beer. You know, you know, they might not be doing, you know, the brewed IPAs or New England IPAs or something if there wasn't homebrewers that were trying new things and experimenting and just playing with ideas that somebody on a commercial side may not have that freedom to do until they know it's going to work, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, not, no. not that Luke is more creative than Rashad. I'm about. just not talking Which anymore. Which he could be. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is off. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really, really, really excited to see what you guys do here. I think Thank this you. is going to be a really exciting place. And it's just a hop, a skip, and a jump from from where I work. So I'm pretty sure I'll be here a few times. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. Um, what do you guys want people to know about Sonder that you feel like they don't know? And that's a question for anybody. I, I would. I would. There's been uh, some commentary around um, I think because of the size and scale of what we're started about um, it must be nice to be rich um, th to be really really honest I, I would love for people to know that none of us are rich uh, and we've worked we worked really really hard um, to raise money to raise quite a bit of money to do this um, 
and we're all every day out here doing a lot when, of this on our own. When I pulled up hard. in the parking lot, every single one of your hands were dirty. I mean, except for Luke, he yeah. was still pretty pristine. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I will say, he was at home making really good homebrew. <laughs> <laughs> He was at home sitting in the sunroom watching your filming. <laughs> you know, we were, you, to, to your point, I mean, we, we our team was out here today. Chase has been here every day since our tanks were in with QTS, literally welding with them, which is awesome. Um, and today our team was out here handling the brick on the face of our bar. Um, so I, I would say, you know, I, thanks for asking that question. Actually, that's awesome. I, I would love for people to know that this is something we're incredibly passionate about. Um, one, of the, one of our phrases we've trademarked now is uniquely crafted. Um, because it's really cool that the word Sonder means every person is uniquely crafted. We feel like every beer is uniquely crafted, but our place is uniquely crafted. Right. Um, everything we've done, um, we, we are... To your point on our spouses, I mean, there's a lot of times where we're here early and we're here late and we're not even open yet. And um, so I would love for people to know that this is something um, that has been a dream. It's certainly been a dream of mine for seven years now. Um, I know it's been in one way, shape or form. It may not have looked like this, but it's been a dream for all of us at some point. And the really cool thing is it, the dream's about to become a reality. It's going to be a lot of really hard work, but we've all worked really, really hard, whether it's through the business side of, of financially getting in place to do this, um, which we're incredibly blessed to have a great set of equity partners who have helped us get to where we're at. We certainly couldn't be here without them. Um, and, and some of those other breweries in town that I've mentioned that have helped us. Um, we, we could not have done this without the help of a lot of people, but we also are working really, really hard to get to open. So when you see things like somebody puts a one-star review on Google that says, while you fiddle, others are making beer, <laughs> it's really interesting to me. Um, I won't say that guy's name, but um, it's really interesting to me that that guy says that because if you ever drive by here, you see changes every day, and a lot of those we've done, um, which is it's, it's really rewarding. It's a lot of fun, and, and uh, we're just excited to get to launch. Well, and... You're in the home stretch. There, That's right. There is a brewery here. I can vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> it is happening. You wouldn't um, believe. There are people that actually think there isn't. So that's, there that, is, thanks for saying that. There is definitely a brewery here. And I know that you guys aren't ready to put out dates on anything yet. Um, are we saying fall-ish? Yeah, I would say um, I can confidently say that um, sometime within a month we'll be brewing beer. But um, as far as a grand opening, are we safe saying fallish? Absolutely, yes, yes. We all feel good about that. Fallish, right? yep. yes. leave the ish yes. in there, and then you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> there, there will be beer pouring here in Deerfield Township very soon. That's right. Um, there's definitely a whole lot of people around here that are ready for it. There's a whole lot of tap handles that are ready for it too. If you drive over and just go from restaurant to restaurant, and, and you know, in Deerfield over there, there's a lot of very terrible beer that is just ready for something <laughs> sitting next to it. So, um, it's true. <laughs> there is. Thank you guys very, very, very... We, we, let's drink another beer. Let's, let's, um, since we have one more... Actually, so, actually what's, you want to do that? We, we could do that one. We could do, I brought a Canteon, too, if you want to have one of those. <laughs> Sorry, Braxton. We were going to do them all day, but, uh. We'll still drink the Braxton, too. We're not going to oh, discriminate. We will definitely we drink will still, I haven't had it yet. I'm excited to I try it. I do like the Dark Charge. I do, too. Very um, solid. This is the, well, the... The Dark Charge Mole was the um, best in show at the Alltech Craft Beer... Mm -hmm. 
conference festival. What, I don't know what they call it, but and I remember um, it's a killer on one beer. of the on one of the podcasts before you had mentioned that that was your favorite. Um, it was so when I first tried it fresh at Dark Charge Day, it was my least favorite. Since then, as some of the spices kind of dropped out a little bit, it's become definitely one of my favorites. I, the s'mores might still win for me, but okay. I haven't had that one in a while, so. How is it? It's not fine, actually. My mic's off. What? My mic's off. Is your mic's up? No, no, I said my mic's off, remember. Oh, your mic's off. <laughs> can't say that because then I think I'm doing something wrong. There's usually some sort of catastrophic failure on the show that's our trademark <laughs> oh this is nice I think it's a little still yeah um, it's not so much hard yeah it's supposed to be for their this is their uh, their favorite lambic yeah this line. is it's supposed to be still yeah and so fill me in a little bit with that too so lambic this is, was this was brewed in <laughs> this is a lambic according so, to anybody <laughs> what they've done now so with Jester King um, they went over and talked to Jean Van Waal over at, in, in uh, Brussels right. and basically what he said is you know called a method so you can call it a lambic or a goose but you have to call it method lambic or method goose because um, it's, it's a method it's a style of it but it's not it's not the true thing and so really what that stands for is it has to go through the traditional, the brew. So you have to do a turbine mash. You have to do your four-hour boil. You have to use aged hops. And then you have to do a true uh, cool ship and then let it go into the barrels and go from there. If you do all those steps and you call it a method lambic, you can never call it a true lambic. Um, so even if you look at Driefontainen, you know, they're not you in Brussels. You can if you want. <laughs> That's yeah, true. <laughs> but I mean, if you look at Driefontainen, they're not in Brussels, so they don't technically make a Lambic. They do, but they don't ever call it Lambic. They call it Goose, right. but they don't ever call it Lambic. This is not trash. <laughs> it is not. It. The um, yeah, they I didn't even, the, I didn't even wood taste like, it again. Like wood and tannin is like cantillon, like immediately, man. The fruit is what always gets me. Like there's there's a lot of quote unquote lambic beers that I've tried that you don't get that that fruitiness, and maybe it's because they're too young. I, I, yeah, I don't I don't know what the the reason is, but this just off the top, you get all that like that 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 peachy kind of mm-hmm. fruitiness that I just I Dude, love. Without a doubt. Like it's a perfect balance of earth funk. You know, good acid to it, but it's not overly. The cool thing about this particular one, that like, Canton's usually crazy acidic. Um, this one yeah. is like so much. They're so much more judicious with the amount of malt that they use to it. So, it, like, it actually has great structure. I'll never say Canton usually has great structure. They're usually light, super acidic in your face, almost astringent. You know, like as um, Luke said earlier. You know, you get um, um gosh having a brain fart right now. So, yeah, wood, yes. I mean, they're so so intense in their wood, you know, and then the tannic structure that you get to it, but this is perfectly blended. I absolutely love it. It's really good with food, too, because oh. of some of that. They get, uh, mm-hmm. get some hard cheese with it, some A cheese. It'd be freaking amazing. Nice. Did you just get excited here thinking about cheese, Chase? <laughs> <laughs> Was that a Wisconsin joke? <laughs> what you'll notice is one of the things that uh, Jen has done with our brand is one of our offset colors. You'll notice throughout the tap room is green. 
that is not because of the Green Bay Packers. I just want to make that really clear. Yes, it is. <laughs> You'll eventually see a gold stripe going across. Yeah. This. <laughs> so what do you Man, what do you think of this? It's killer. So like. Most of the craft beer that I have grown up drinking, you know, when I was in college, it was, you know, Mount Carmel. We would, you know, go over to Mount Carmel and get our growlers, and that's, you know, I'd be that weird guy that showed up to the party with a cooler full of growlers instead of a, a case of Natty. And so from that point, I drank so much local beer that I I missed out on a lot of stuff. If it wasn't for people like Daniel, I, I probably wouldn't have been drinking anything other than local beer, You're like so my cute. entire, <laughs> I, I, so tasting things like that. Not that they're, you know, I I have definitely had bottles of not not that I'm comparing Rivertown's Lambic to Cantillon, but there have been bottles of Rivertown's Lambic that I've had that have blown me away at what they are. Very good, but they're just there. There isn't stuff like this happening around here for for whatever reason it is i don't is it the air over there i don't i don't Can't think so it. it's the cobwebs and <laughs> I, all their open I, fermentation i call bullshit on all of that i think <laughs> i think that there is nothing stopping people from making beers like this in the united states except for time and we just aren't there yet and this is yeah, this is this is this is this is better than anything that i think is happening over here it's amazing. I don't know if this is going to throw a lot of sediment or not, too. How's it looking? Oh, the, you, know, you know, I will follow up. One of the things you asked, what, what would you like people to know that they don't already know? Um, just because we get this question a lot, we will have a kitchen with food. We will have food. That's very important, especially especially where you guys are at over here. There are a lot of people that, when they venture out of their backyard, they are looking to go somewhere and have something to eat. That's right. <laughs> and we'll be open for lunch as well. So, um, so if you work over here, go right. for lunch. <laughs> 18,000 employees. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll keep drinking beer here, but we'll wrap up the show. Um, if anybody wants to uh, learn more about Sonder... Sonderbrewing.com, I think is the website. Is that right? Yes, correct. Well, look at how good I am without even notes. <laughs> and social media. <laughs> and social media, they're all over. It'll all be in the show notes. I'll have links to everything very conveniently for you. Um, and keep your eyes open and your ears open this fall-ish <laughs> for, right, ish. for your newest favorite tap room because um, like said, there, there's a lot of places that you can choose and you have to have something that's a little bit different. I think you guys are definitely on the right track to have something that is different than what anybody else is doing doing it for the right reasons from everything i can tell and you've certainly got the 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 talent here doing it so um thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for for having me thanks for joining us us absolutely we are cincy brewcast the voice of cincy craft if you didn't know that already because you listened to the entire show i hope you know what you just listened to um check us out cincybrewcast.com and social media all that stuff Thanks.